another episode of the first x minutes podcast my name is rotimi darwala you find me on twitter at papi underscore the great i had to quickly do this just finished watching the um the how do i call it now the abysmal performance of manchester united at the um, amex stadium and it's safe to say that that is one of the most disastrous defeats manchester united has suffered in the Premier League era, of course, it's nothing compared to um, that loss. Is this 6-1 now at the hands of um, the Italians, Manchester City? But then again, this one was um, disastrous on all on all sides, in all ways, in all manners. Uh, it felt like as if if you watched that game, you would have thought, hey, maybe Manchester United is a side that is scrambling or is trying to um, achieve survival in the Premier League because... They were shambolic. Yeah, they recorded a few shots on target. Funny thing is, if you look at the statistics, you say to yourself, hey, there isn't much to separate the side. And this is one of those games where um, that statistics quote comes up again, where it says stats are like bikinis. They don't really show you the real thing. Brighton had 17 shots in total compared to Manchester United's 15. Check this. Brighton had six shots on target as compared to Manchester United's five. Five of, uh, sorry, four of Brighton's six shots on target went in. None of Bright, uh, Manchester United's five shots on target went in. Both sides had an equal number of shots off target, which is seven. Brighton had more blocked shots, four, as compared to Manchester United's three. Of course, all those stats are, are, are one thing, but then again, one thing I've realized about football is the best way to enjoy it is has to be the commentary. Some of the commentary being run or being mentioned or being stated by the commentators and that's why the likes of Peter Drury have really made a name for themselves as an household entity when it comes to describing painting pictures for fans of happenings on the pitch and I got a few things as regards numbers as regards statements from that game well of course you might have missed it or maybe you didn't catch it depending on where you were streaming or catching the game from but I thought hey let me quickly talk to audiences of the first X minutes and let me share this with them and see if it resonates with them, especially if you're a Manchester United fan. So, of course, the title of the podcast, an eloquent, an eloquent summation of their fall from grace, talking about Manchester United, talking about how shambolic they have been, talking about how, how it almost seems like as if they are not even interested in going to Europe. Yeah, some of their fans will say, look, we don't want Manchester United to go to Europe. You know what? Let, let's just have every ten Hag have that first season where he doesn't have to play any extra football so we can see just how much we can get out of this side because right now, this side, trust me, this side... Sometimes, yeah. Funny thing is, this game was good for a neutral. A typical neutral is watching and saying to themselves, Look, can Brighton score two? And then Brighton score two. I said, No, they're not going to make it three, right? And they make it three, and they're like, Oh, no, it's not going to be the fourth, especially with the handball. Probably the VAR will probably really tough and everything. But, well, he hit um, that player's chest first, and then he went in, and then scoreline Brighton four, Manchester United nil. And for the typical, the average fan, they are looking at themselves saying, uh, well, this makes for some good news, this makes for some bantering, this makes for, you know, the fact that I'm not a Manchester United fan, I'm very, very happy now. For Manchester United fans, some of them that I know, they could care less, they say to themselves, hey, yeah, you know, we're giving up this season already, so... I mean, whatever happens, happens. We are just waiting. It's like that we're just waiting for Eric Ten Hag to come and show up and 
be the solution to all the problems that we're having now and that might be one of the biggest headaches that Eric Ten Hag has to deal with imagine Manchester United have played 37 games they've played that that was their 37th game of the season and they've only been able to manage 58 points they've only been able to manage 58 points if they win their last game which will be against crystal palace they will be able to amass 61 points in total in a premier league season and that leads me to the next comment the commentator said i don't know their names now they didn't catch it but they said look their total, their lowest point total in the Premier League era has just been guaranteed. I mean, it's the lowest, even if they match up and they beat Crystal Palace, which gives them 61 points, it will still be one of their lowest total um, points total in the Premier League era. And you, I think it's, it's a perfect summation of how... I don't know, disjointed Manchester United. I mean, the United thing is just looking like that. They they never looked united, probably for some two minutes, especially maybe the two, three minutes period where Sanchez had to save a header from Cavani. And then he also had to block a shot from um, Bruno Fernandes. And then he had to dive low a few minutes later to parry a... Is he a header now from Harry Maguire? Yeah. They never looked like as if they were going to make Brighton sweat. They never look like as if they were going to make Brighton to suffer. And Brighton have jumped up to ninth on the table. Uh, you look at the guys coming behind Manchester United. There's West Ham. Two games. They just played 35 games. They could they could leapfrog Manchester United at the end of the day. Uh, maybe not Wolves. Well, Wolves will be th- saying to themselves, eh, we can push, 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 push and try to see what happens. They're on 50 points. It's, it's just, uh, at this point, you know, you really have to send your condolences to Manchester United fans and say, look, hey, I mean, I can't imagine what it is like to be a Manchester United fan right now. You, you had to endure that. I'm sure some of them would not even have watched this game. Another comment that the commentator made, they said, Welbeck could have easily made it five. Yeah, there was a point where Welbeck had an opportunity and he could have easily made it five, but I think he, he okay, yeah, he, 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 he sent his shot wide of um, David De Gea's goal post. And a few years ago, that comment would have delighted Manchester United fans because of the time when David Welbeck, or David Welbeck, is he? Yeah, uh, sorry. Welbeck was what do you call it now? A Manchester United fan. He was a Red Devil. But um, fast forward to a few years. Uh, did I say David? I said Danny Welbeck. Yeah, I wanted to confirm. Yeah. Fast forward to a few years after um, the guy left, the English player left. And um, he did score a goal, funny enough, but he was just part of the team that made history for Brighton. I mean, this was a team that, according to the conversation that the, what's it called now? The the commentators started off. This was a team that had not won at home since the turn of the year. I'm checking it. Losses to Burnley, losses to Aston Villa, losses to Liverpool, lost to Tottenham, drew um, against Norwich, drew against Southampton, drew against Chelsea, drew against Crystal Palace. Their last win at home actually was a 2-0 win over Brentford. And that was the only win in 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 9, 10, their last 10 home games. They, they had only recorded one win in their last 10 
home games and to record just another one against Manchester United, using them to um, almost say to themselves, you know what, we can push and try to see if we can just finish in the top half, Brighton and Hove Albion finishing in the top half of the Premier League, using Manchester United, not just using them, I mean, you perfectly utilizing them to add more points in their quest, in their race to finish in the top half of the Premier League. Oof. I'm sure weirder things have happened. I mean, I'm not that old in the Premier League, but you think of this and you say to yourself, uh, 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 uh. crazy things are happening in, uh, <laughs> in the lines of a famous song. And one of the things about this game is that um, the press will tend to pay more attention to Manchester United's shambolic display than to heap praises where praises are due. And that is on the Brighton and Hull players who were fantastic. Cocorella scoring a goal. Um, it's a Cocorella. I'm happy for him. Just to watch him some years back when he was playing in the UEFA Youth Champions League and to see him come all the way now, helping Brighton to push um, this high up on the on the Premier League table. You have to give kudos to um, the, the Brighton and Hove manager also Graham Potter, who has done who has done so 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 well for 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 himself and for his side. For Manchester United, there is a problem. It's the first time in a long time in football where a problem is obvious, but it's like as if everybody's waiting for the solution. We, they can, it can't be solved. They really just want to pass time and say, you know what, we know this problem is there, but we just have to endure this problem for the rest of the season. The season is not, not long now before the season comes to an end, but there is a lot of problem to be solved in the Manchester United setup. You want to continue this conversation with me? Please hit me up on Twitter at PAPI underscore the great. Let's talk about Manchester United. At some point, Cristiano Ronaldo laughed. I think it was after they considered the third goal. He really just let out a laugh and he shook his head. I mean, it was just a perfect image of disappointment. It was just um, a p- perfect image of, you know what? <clears throat> We've done all, I, I've done all I can for this team and still, again, time and again, they keep letting me down. Can Eric Ten Hag solve this problem in one season? Two seasons, we talk about shipping out players and shipping players in. Will it be that easy? Of course, he will probably get the watches in terms of money to be spent, but we know how the transfer market can be. Sometimes you think a player will fit in, and he doesn't. Sometimes you think a player will not fit in, and then he ends up fitting in perfectly well, especially when he feels like as if he has been the missing puzzle for a side for two years or three years there about how easy will it be for Eric Ten Hag. You can hit me up on Twitter, PAPI underscore the great. Don't forget to leave your ratings wherever you get your podcast episodes from. Until I come your way in the next episode of the podcast, stay safe, my friends. Cheers. Be good and make the most use of your life because while life is incredibly long, yep, 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 yep. Life is also incredibly long. Cheers to the month of May and cheers to all the astonishing results that football will serve this month. Peace.